Welcome to Beggar's Bread, a podcast where we invite Christians and truth seekers to engage with thoughtful sources in an age of disinformation. Our name is inspired from the quote by D.T. Niles, evangelism is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Each week, we recommend a source for you, a sermon, podcast, video. This bonus episode, we bring you MLK Jr. had a letter? And with that, I'm here in Wisconsin. Luke and my co-host Nick is here and there in North Carolina. Uh, Nick, would you say that MLK Jr., Martin Luther King Jr., was famous for having a letter? He's famous for having a letter that up until the time of this recording, I actually hadn't read. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. Question mark. But would you say, like, most people, like... Okay, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'm always like trying to be no, no, clever. No, 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 he man. totally is famous. I mean, I've read his stuff. He's kind of well known, definitely more well known for being a civil rights activist than for a Southern Baptist preacher. But definitely in the category of like, you know, most people know who he is. Yeah. In America, at least. <laughs> right. Well, and I was trying to be clever because I was like, MLK Jr., like what I grew up hearing is. The I have a dream speech, you know, I have a dream that one day, you know, our children won't be judged by like the color of their skin, but the content of their character. Like, that's just like a classic line where everyone's like, yeah, that's amazing. I mean, because it is great. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, I think I heard that in my public speaking class as one of the best speeches of all time. And we like deconstructed it into all of its different parts and like explained why it was so good, which I thought was kind of it was pretty thought provoking, actually. Yeah, I mean, if I'm honest, I should probably listen to it again. It's been a long time. But there it's was very this... relevant. Yeah, it is. It's it's very relevant in this time. And I was yeah, so anyway, I was thinking like MLK Jr. Letter from a Birmingham jail. That's the source we are recommending. Uh you can find it online. We'll also have a link in our notes. We're also recommending a very short video which I'm, I, don't, I don't think we should actually talk about much because it's so short, like three or four minutes, I don't want to spoil it. Um, and that one is called, it's a, it's an excerpt from a podcast, but it's on YouTube. Uh, it's from the This American Life podcast, and the episode is called Kid Logic. Uh, so we, we won't really talk about that because we don't want to spoil it. But today we're talking no, about... I was not ready for it, though. Yeah, yeah. So... Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't. Well, I, I almost wanted... in our in our schedule for today, and then I watched it, and I was like, "Yeah, nope, wasn't expecting that." Right. And that's yeah. not a spoiler, but I think you know we're here no for spoils. content that challenges people, and so yeah, it was something that I was not prepared for. Right. Well, and hey, this is a. I mean, I certainly don't want to encourage this because truly, our podcast is meant to direct people to thoughtful sources, but. Rumor has it that there are some listeners who just like us talking. I don't know if you heard about this, but they don't actually go and listen to the sources. So this, Wait, this is the, yeah, I know, right? Don't tell anyone because we don't want people to think that's normal because we want them to go and consume those other wonderful pieces of wisdom. I know somebody that even listens to the resource first and then hears us discuss it. That's which just I thought scandalous. was an interesting way of engaging the content and then also kind of like further reminiscing with like kind of a collaborative approach, I guess, in mind, because they're hearing us talk about it collaboratively, right? But oh, yeah. They're also having their conceptions formed as they're listening to the content prior to that. 
So Absolutely. I thought it was a very, very interesting way. And they actually engage in content compared to listeners that allegedly or apparently don't, which I thought that's very interesting <laughs> as well. Which, hey, we're not here to shame you. I was mostly actually just going to be like begging you, like, listen to this three or four minute video. And also, like, please read the letter because it is it's so good. Like, especially just being very, very honest. If you are a Christian in America, this is really, really good reading. Um, he wrote it to clergy specifically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you are the audience intended, but anyway, how I can start with the uh, the co-listener because I mean, okay. Also, I'm just gonna throw this out. I know I've mentioned it in the past, but co-listeners, some of you are like giving me like academic books, which don't get me wrong, it is wonderful, and this is one of those today. But no pressure if you're sitting out there going, I could never be a co-listener. You too could be a co-listener. But anyway, let me go ahead. This is really wonderful. This is from Eric from Illinois. And he says, the criticisms that Martin Luther King Jr. responded to in Letter from a Birmingham Jail 50 years ago are disturbingly and eerily similar to the criticisms used to downplay and devalue protesters today. MLK Jr. explains the importance of direct action, the inconsistent logic of victim blaming, and the detrimental effect of white moderate inaction. The response that struck out to me the most was how Martin Luther King Jr. began his letter by responding to the criticism that he's an, quote, outside agitator, and because he does not live in Birmingham, his protests in Birmingham don't represent the beliefs of the black residents of Alabama. An identical criticism was used by many to dismiss the protests in Ferguson in 2014, and many, if not all, of the Black Lives Matter protests since. MLK Jr.'s response is thoughtful, nuanced, and flows through his entire letter. But one key part is injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. It is disheartening to realize and understand that we are still hearing the same feeble criticisms today that MLK Jr. heard 50 years ago, despite the fact that there are very few people who would criticize MLK Jr. in public today. His ideas are very quickly dismissed by many, particularly the white moderates who disappointed him so much. 50 years ago. I feel like that's a mic drop, but I don't want to drop my mic because that would be damaging it. It's kind but of expensive. It is kind of expensive. So thank you. Thank you, Eric, for your thoughtfulness and just engaging with the material, really. And I mean, even it's interesting because on this podcast, we typically don't use like trigger words. We try to avoid using words that kind of make either conservatives or progressives really upset but we do try and enter into like the messiness of things and i think this quote does a really really great job because for some people if you even mention black lives matter or maybe even you know if we just mentioned it and you're sitting there going did you did you say that like you're really upset um we're just inviting you into this conversation and saying this is for anybody on any conversation on this podcast but like it's okay to be uncomfortable. We still we still would love to to converse with you for you to hear what we have to say. But anyway, that was that was a long Luke Luke talking. Uh Nick, tell me what what do you think of the letter? I know there was there was a lot. <laughs> well, I like what you just kind of touched on a little bit just before now on how the podcast in a way is framed in such a manner as to really challenge people to engage with these rather, you know, in some fashion or form or another discomforting topics or things that 
aren't necessarily propagated within the circles that they might normally inhabit, right? And so the letter <laughs> that we're discussing right now, it kind of brings truth to power in that and says, like, I mean, MLK is pretty clear as part of his nonviolent protest that he's there to create this tension, right? And tension's not a bad thing. Attention is to bring to the surface the underlying reality of the injustices that are occurring right then and there and in many ways today as well. So I think it was a good point to touch on. And something also as well with regard to the co-listeners' comments with regards to like protest. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily the direction that you would want to go the, in the podcast, but no, go when for we discuss Black Lives Matter, the organization, in a critical manner, it's interesting, but also hard to do in a way as Christians when in many ways we've allowed for a vacuum to kind of emerge in this, you know, racial justice, as far as like white Christians are concerned, um, with various, you know, pastors as well at the pulpit, allowing for this lack of dialogue to occur, which then therefore prompts other organizations to take a stand in many ways. And then we find ourselves, yes. you know, being like, oh, we're critical about this organization because it doesn't live up to all of our standards. And yeah, that's true because it's a secular organization that does not hold to everything that we hold to. And we shouldn't be surprised by that. But we also shouldn't be surprised that they exist because the church in many ways failed in its discipleship of um, racial relations and racial reconciliation. Yeah, I I think that's a, a, you just articulated exactly what I think about this and so many issues and i actually i think this relates very well with current events so you know a lot of our our podcast episodes are not necessarily about specific current events often they're just general ideas we're kind of you know like you can always talk about race you can always talk about economics you can always talk about um, all these things like gender you can you can talk about these things because they're going to exist forever but certain current events you know we can we can let pass I think this, what you just said, that vacuum of discipleship, at least that's how I've been framing it, but I think that's pretty much how you just said it. Um, that with, in regards to the insurrection attempt at Washington DC earlier this month, like I've, I've been struggling a lot because, you know, as, as we know, there are many, many, many public figure kind of Christians that are speaking like Sky Jathani, David French, Ed Stetzer, um, you know, Russell Moore, all people that I look up to and I really respect and I really love. But then what I'm actually struggling with right now is on the the local church lover. <laughs> That's easy for me to say. Local church level. Hmm. I would I would love to see pastors speak about this event specifically calling out the evil that has been done both by Donald Trump's deception and also just those who enabled him to. And I think this, I've gotten some different kind of pushback from that, but I think why it matters so much is a lot of, you know, a lot of folks, not everybody has a bunch of time to research things or to follow these more well-known um, Christian speakers or whoever, or they may not trust those more well-known Christian speakers they may have their own media sources that they trust. 
it's really important for local pastors to speak up because they have kind of the emotional capital. They have the relational capital of trust in those communities. And that's, that's, I don't know. And it's, it's hard because honestly, like, it's not easy being a pastor. It's super hard. (laughs) Just like, you're always, you're kind of always working. You're always on call. Someone can always call you and be like, Hey, um, you know, I'm having some sort of crisis and you're kind of like obligated to do something. So it's hard because like I have a lot of pastors that I love and care about and are close friends and I'm trying my best to try and say, hey, you need to say something. And it's just another kind of voice telling them to do something, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's it's really hard for me because I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a nuisance, but I also want to be like, (laughs) this is really important. Like, please, please say something. So well, anyway, it's like a, a gospel issue too, right? In that silent, I mean, MLK talks about all the time, right? Complicity or the maintenance of the status quo of injustice is complicity, right? And so when we don't speak truth to power, it allows for, like we said before, a vacuum in which even Christians can fall into in the media in which they don't get their sources for truth and justice from the pulpit or like on these issues specifically, they'll get them from the media sources that you already talked about. Right. Well, and uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I've, I've been thinking about this so continuously my brain's almost kind of fried from it to be honest like <laughs> trying to I like well, you wrote a great of, facebook article on it too i don't know well even there i'm like you know you, you, we try and you know the whole king solomon on facebook right like when is it best to show restraint when is it best to be vocal there's that constant tension or even within it like i'm like ooh, I, I might not have said this sentence quite like i did um but i think that actually gets at the tension that I feel, and I think, Nick, I don't, I'm guessing you feel sometimes as well, but we are entering into messy conversations. And I think pastors often feel like, well, if I say that Donald Trump, you know, did something wicked, then I need to call out, like, Joe Biden when he does something wicked. And my response is, yes, yeah. that's true. <laughs> and... I think that gets a little overwhelming because it's like, I've like I've I've got too many other things on my plate, and in one sense I'm like, you're right, you're you know you've got other things you're you're trying to run, you're trying to do, I'm totally with you. Like you have a lot of responsibility on your so- shoulders, but when when the people you pastor are so intensely affected by the event that's going on, it's it's part of that pastoral duty to try and guide them, you know, like. It's not like this is kind of an arbitrary event that you need to comment on politics all the time, but this is a this is like a character forming time of how should I respond to this? How should I make sense of this as an event that's shaped our our country? Um, but I don't know. I, I feel that tension very strong, <laughs> as you may you might be able to tell. So, but well, it's hard I, to find moments in which to like have rest right like it's difficult when it's this constant barrage of new things to be challenged by and then new things that you need to like you feel obligated as a christian to speak out on and then following that there's consequences of speaking out on that in which like you're going to have to engage in those discussions um 
or you just don't reply to comments on Facebook. But I mean, nonetheless, like there are still conversations that need to be had and it makes it more challenging when it's kind of a constant flux and you might in some ways feel as if that burden lies. Like you might be on an island in the yeah. sea of people that are silent. Right. Well, and I think actually, you know, not like I'm trying to say like, oh, Nick and I know how to do this because, you know, we're we're just learning how to do this. But I actually don't feel like I need to know all the answers, you know, as much as that'd be very convenient. I love, I mean, the whole point of this podcast is like, all right, look, I don't know all the answers, but here's this really great thing that I learned and I hope you like it too. Like even today, I recommended an article to a friend. He's like, why are we still polarized? And instead of writing like an essay, because I was tempted to be like, oh, well, you know, this, this, and this, and this, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, actually, I think this article does a good job. And I think maybe even, I don't know if many pastors are listening to this, but you don't have to be a pastor to, to exercise this discipline. Just sharing good information instead of if you have friends that, you know, they kind of look up to you or you're, you're just friends, you just kind of dialogue with them. Instead of feeling like you have to have all the answers, just being able to have good resources which is tough to do, but over time, you know, being like, hey, here's this resource. Uh, instead of making this long essay, just read this. <laughs> so I mean, given that, yeah. what I had, what I was doing earlier this year in writing, like, I want to say two or three articles, sharing articles written by other people makes it a little bit easier, especially if there are people that I've come to respect and that I know have kind of that um, knowledge capacity in which to promote truth. Yes. And so what you say, I think, is really meaningful and valuable for people to take into account because oftentimes, you know, conversations can be very disheartening and also draining of like the soul as well. Um, yeah. And so having like additional content rather than taking up the mental capacity of writing a whole article, which takes up all this time, you can share this and also engage in that dialogue at the same time. And that kind of frees up you. Um, to be more intentional with people rather than just, you know, spending all this time throwing out an article into the wind, which right. I have done before. And it's, it's challenging. <laughs> right. It is. And I mean, it was a great article, but it takes a long time. And I did want to just backtrack for a second. Speaking of articles talking about, you know, again, we're recommending Martin Luther King Jr.'s letter from a Birmingham jail. Um, again, of course, we'll have it in the show notes and you can honestly Google it and you'll find it pretty quick if you want to. I did want to mention one thing I think it's important to say, and this may, some of you may be like, oh, of course, yeah, we know that. But others may be like, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think of that. Um, on our last season, one of our bonus episodes, there was a guy named Akala. We recommended a source by him. And he mentions like, if Martin Luther King heard that Black History Month was all about him, he'd be horrified. And I don't know. I'm paraphrasing. I'm not sure if I have the exact quote on that. But we, we would say the same right, thing. Yeah. Yeah, like we're not saying that MLK is the only, you know, significant black person. Like that's just insane. We're not saying that at all. But we do celebrate his work and we think this letter is a wonderful piece of both literature and history, but also like a great encouragement for today. So I just want to mention that as we're as we're wrapping up. Were were there any any closing thoughts you had, Nick? Mm, I would want to quote at least a little bit from the letter. I mean it's a big piece of the letter, right? So I mean he even talked about it. he's like it would have been a shorter letter if I wasn't in jail and if I had the comforts of a desk, you know, and it's like, oof, yeah, that's probably true because most of his stuff is fairly short. And so I found one of these pieces and I think it ends on kind of a hopeful note to a degree. 
Human progress never rolls in on wheels of inevitability. It comes through the tireless efforts of men willing to be co-workers with God, and without this hard work, time itself may become an ally of the forces of social stagnation. And so it's just a reminder that, like, there is a Christian calling to all these justice issues that we're seeing in America right now, and the issues that have been so prevalent for hundreds of years here, and then also abroad as well. Like, there is a calling that we have to truth and justice and to moral order, right? Yes. <laughs> I figured I could answer that one. <laughs> that works. I would hope so. I would hope that'd be the calling, yeah. And I think that's where pastors as leaders do come into account and that they do need to call people into this. And I know in my interview with Katrina, which I think is coming up in a couple episodes, yeah. we'll be talking more about that and like, you know, specifically like action steps and stuff like that. Um, but there is a calling for people to not be silent in the wake of something that is very blatantly unjust or something that is very blatantly anti-Christ. And I yeah. think that's a good piece to, to end on. I agree. Well, thank you all for joining us for this bonus episode. We hope you enjoy both the the Kid Logic video on YouTube, This American Life Kid Logic. Look it up or use our show notes. And again, we also hope you delve into Letter from a Birmingham Jail by Martin Luther King Jr. Love you guys. See you later.